Almost Famous with John Shea. Featuring local and independent musicians from the South Shore, Boston, and New England. On 95.9 WATD. Welcome to the almost famous Tiny Stage Hour, 95.9 WATD. Introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England. Brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass. I'm John Shea. First of all, if you're a local band or musician with original music you'd like to hear on the radio, reach out, find the contact information on the almost famous page at 959WATD.com and give me a follow tonight on Facebook and Instagram at Almost Famous Radio. And we have a podcast which you can hear tonight's interview on that podcast later on this evening. Find that by searching Almost Famous WATD on your favorite podcast app or head over to almostfamousradio.com. So tonight, through the power of Zoom, we are being joined by an old, old friend of the radio station, one of my favorite people on the planet, Grace Morrison. How you doing? I'm so happy you just gave me the biggest smile when you said that. (laughs) You were here just last year, but it seems like it's it's too little. We're getting to hear more often. Yes, please. Sign me up. (laughs) So first and foremost, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Are you going to get chocolate? Uh, this, so somebody already dropped a whole bunch off here at the radio station. So yeah, I'm up to yes. my neck. <laughs> How about you? Oh yeah, I have a trip planned to Dorothy Cox's Chocolates in Fairhaven. Oh, that sounds good. Uh huh. Never heard of them. <laughs> Is it worth checking out? Yes. <laughs> they make it right there. It's so good. Ooh, that's tempting. Mm-hmm. So I have to say, this is a first for this show in the over 10 years that I've been doing this. We have this whole night set up because we are right in the middle of your Kickstarter campaign that <laughs> you were kind of worried that you maybe weren't going to make. And, and what happened within um, like what, a day? <laughs> it fully funded in five days. <laughs> That's great. Congrats on that. <laughs> Thank you. It was so silly. Like in my mind, if the miracle happened and I got all the money, I was going to like have a big party at my house. Not a big party, but like celebrate with a charcuterie board. I going to do all these things. And it was five days it funded, but I was not home. So I was just like jumping up and down in my hotel room. Like, who can I tell? Who can I tell? Who can I tell? That is fantastic. <laughs> it was great. But now it's pretty exciting that I can actually consider stretch goals. I was just going to ask about that. So if people listening right now still want to contribute, is the link still active? It is still active, and I am working on a couple more perks. So I actually recorded a cover of Gangsta's Paradise, Ooh. <laughs> uh, which I'm Julio really excited about. Doesn't that sound intriguing? It like, does. you would expect that from me. So that's going to be a perk available on there. But I'm really excited about the stretch goal, John. That's amazing. And speaking of the album, too, uh, the album is pretty much done. Is that right? Yes. So last March, we drove, my husband and our three-year-old and I drove to Austin to record it. Cool. Um, yeah. And and the way it came together, it was just such a natural thing. Like I, I didn't set out with the intention of making an album, but it was almost like the stars just aligned and the world said, Grace, you are making an album today. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. And there it is. It's coming out in April, too, uh, from what I understand, and we are, uh, we're we not going to hear some live stuff in the studio tonight. We're going to be doing some tracks, doing things a little bit differently. So let's start off with some music, Grace. What are we listening to first? Let's do it. What did I give you as song number one? Is uh, that Wasted? I don't know, but I, I do have Wasted on my list here, so yeah, let's do Wasted. 
Let's Do Wasted. So that is the first single off this album. Fantastic. This is, this is a debut. Let's hear it. We have Grace Morrison remotely on the tiny stage tonight, 95.9 WATD. Sometimes I dream about you. Sometimes I pace the floor. Wishing these silent movies wouldn't plague me anymore. I've moved on. Like washing dishes at the sink I remember throwing back a bottle of wine I was so sure that you were mine I was wasted all that Wasted Grace Morrison, the lead single off of the new album that's coming out in April. Grace is joining me tonight via Zoom because you're back and forth between Nashville. I have no idea where you are right now. (laughs) (laughs) Neither do I. (laughs) I, I've been on the road and I'm going to be traveling every month this year. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) I'm sure you're going to have fun, though. You know, it's it's. Funny because this is what I've always wanted to do was tour and perform. And of course, it's happening for me now when I have a child, which makes it bittersweet <laughs> every time I have to leave him. 
you know, so sometimes he comes with me and sometimes I go by myself and I just like, I try to remind myself that what I'm doing is modeling for him, what it looks like to believe in yourself and follow your, your dreams and things that you've worked really hard for. <laughs> I tell that to myself. It doesn't make it any easier to leave him. I know, but I'm sure, you know, <laughs> going forward is, you know, you're going to be, you know, he's going to look back and say like, you know, what a great influence. I hope so. I hope so. Wasted is the song we just heard. It's the uh, lead single off the album. Does the album have a name? Maybe Modern. Maybe Modern. I like that. Yes. And talk about Wasted. How did that song happen? Oh, man. So I wonder if this has ever happened to you, John. I have very vivid dreams. And there was a relationship that happened in my life. And I've, I've mined that relationship for many a song. <laughs> the first one I wrote about it was called Big Man. And it's, it, it was, the relationship was like six, seven years ago, but sometimes I'll have dreams and I'm still in it and I'll still wake up with this like gut punch feeling and, and it lingers throughout the day. And I have to remind myself that I'm not there anymore because it was like an emotionally abusive, tumultuous relationship. And so I wrote the song just about, it started about just writing the feeling like I just woke up from this dream and why won't these silent movies just like leave me alone? And it went from there. I think we can all relate to, you know, very vivid dreams, especially post-COVID and all that, just how life has changed so much. I think that vivid dreams have become more and more part of people's life. Yeah, yeah. And you just, you know, with so much time to reflect and think about things, it's really easy to let yourself go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but writing the song was was pretty cathartic for me, and I haven't, I haven't even thought about it since, other than thinking to myself, wow, singing this feels really good because I'm getting rid of that crap. Absolutely. I want to go back in time to when you and I first met, probably around 2011, 2012, somewhere around there. Yeah. When did music first become part of your life? It's always been. You know, I say I started piano lessons when I was five and that that was the time, but the truth is it was before that. Like I remember sitting with my new kids on the block step-by-step -step tape and getting like really pumped up for the music. Like I was expressing myself through that music. So always, it's always been my primary communication tool. At what point did it become more than just a hobby for you or more than just a thing you do to pass the time? Mm. I think pr probably when I was 12 and it dawned upon me that the years of piano lessons could translate into making up my own songs. It kind of was around when Hanson came out and they were my age. And I, so I was like seeing myself and what they were doing. And at the same time, that's when Lilith Fair started. So I could also see myself as a woman. And I think having those two ways in which I could see myself in the artist, I was like, oh, I can do that too. So it's been like my driving thing since then. Once that realization hit when you were around 12 years old, you know, you, you Hanson's on the scene, you know, <laughs> Paula Cole's playing at Little Fair. What changed about your day-to-day -day life after that realization? I became obsessed. I And I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't stop playing. It was all I did. Before school, I would play. The moment I got home from school, it was like all I did till 2 a.m. <laughs> My poor parents, sometimes 3 a.m. And it just took over everything and... and you know, maybe this isn't healthy, but like even in high school, if I'd be out with my friends, I would have this thing in my head saying, no, 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 I got to get back and practice. <laughs> so it's just, it, it just took over everything once I realized I could do it. If the stars aligned differently, if Hanson never hit the scene, if Lilith Fair never was a thing, mm -hmm. what do you think you'd be doing if music wasn't in your life? Well, you know, that's hard to say. I, 
I, I taught private music lessons for a long time. And I think what I loved so much about that, I'd have 65 kids a week in these one-on-one sessions. And, and, you know, you don't, what other relationship do you have in your life where you're one-on-one with somebody every week, especially as a kid. And what I really loved about it was just learning about, learning about all of the students. And so, so I think in another life, I would be a therapist. That's a great answer. I completely see that with you. (laughs) And I love therapy. Everybody needs therapy. It's my favorite thing. (laughs) And you're also a fantastic listener, which is something I love about you. Well, I I love learning about people. I I think human beings are fascinating. I think that's a a trait of a great songwriter, too. Gotta. You gotta mine life. (laughs) Absolutely. Speaking of songwriting, let's do another track. What do you want to play next? Let's do it. Let's go ahead and do It's Gonna Be a Night. All right, let's hear it. We have Grace Morrison remotely on the tiny stage tonight, 95.9 WATD. Sun 
Grace Morrison remotely on the tiny stage. It's going to be a night. One of my favorite tracks off of, uh, is that off the last album, Grace? That was a single. I had this plan. I I released an album back in 2020. In doing so, I kind of learned a bit more about how these streaming platforms work, and they really like when you release a lot of content. So my plan last year was to do six singles, and that was, was that the second one, maybe? Very cool. Sounds great. I love it. You mentioned just a little while ago about teaching, and you started teaching when you were very, very young, and uh, that lasted until just a couple of years ago. Was it was it pre-COVID or post-COVID? It all happened at the same time. <laughs> I had this genius idea, John, that I was going to go all in on singer-songwriting in 2020, and my son had turned one. And I was going to go on tour opening for Sean Mullins. Remember him? Everything. And our first tour date was March 15th. Oh, boy. (laughs) 2020. That's when I went all in. (laughs) Ah, Yes, I I, I can imagine. (laughs) When you were teaching, what inspired you from your students? I think watching them have the moment of discovery that I had. You know, it made me remember what it felt like when I first discovered things. So many of us are always trying to go back to that feeling we had when we were 15 and we found this new band we loved, you know, that excitement. And you could never quite get that feeling again. Teaching those kids was the closest I ever had to that. It was just something so electric about being in the room with a kid when they hear a song they love and then learn that they can play it. Amazing. I love that. Yeah. Do you have a favorite teaching moment in all your years? Oh, golly. (laughs) Probably my favorite teaching moments would would be the moments like that or ones when students would come in with songs they had written. That's so cool. I had the one there's one that gets stuck in my head all the time. I had this student that wanted to write jingles. And so that's what we we were working on. And and they wrote one for Baby Alive. (laughs) It gets stuck in my head all the time. That's so cool. (laughs) Something, speaking of COVID and speaking of music, uh, throughout COVID and even post-COVID, I've noticed that more and more musicians are going into teaching and and, and, um, kind of guiding the next generation of performers. Do you have any advice for somebody who's thinking about heading in that direction? To give your most authentic self. You can put on this, like, I'm a professional, and, you know, for me, I was just trying to be real with, with the kids, talk about how the music was making me feel. Like, I have had classical music training, and I've had jazz music training, and I kind of did, like, a hybrid of that. And I think the kids just responded best and got really excited when they could relate whatever you were teaching to the way they were feeling. That's great advice. That's Grace Morrison joining us tonight on the remote tiny stage tonight, 95.9 WATD. And we are up against our first break of the tiny stage hour. We have a lot more to chat about, more songs to share, too, with Grace Morrison right here at 95.9 WATD, brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass. And now back to Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. Welcome back to the Almost Famous Tiny Stage, 95.9 WATD. Introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England. I'm John Shea, being joined tonight remotely on the tiny stage by Grace Morrison. How are you? Wonderful. How are you? Fantastic. Good to hear your voice (laughs) again. It's been a while. I know. (laughs) So give yourself another introduction. Who is Grace Morrison? I'm Grace Morrison. I am a singer-songwriter from Cape Cod, Mass. Now, is that really Cape Cod or is that just before the bridge? Damn it, John! (laughs) I'm from Wareham. (laughs) (laughs) 
I get caught. It doesn't matter where in this country I am. Someone will say, you're from Cape Cod? Which town? And I'll say, Wareham. And they'll say, you're not from Cape Cod. <laughs> I swear to you, the middle of Texas that happened to me. <laughs> is there an actual definition? Because I've heard like even like Plymouth is part of Cape Cod. Oh, God. Or Marshfield is de- part of Cape Cod. People will debate it with you. <laughs> For me, it's it's honestly, I can't even say over the bridge because half of Bourne is this side. That's true. So I always grew up believing that Cape Cod started with Bourne. Share with us again the websites, the socials, all that good stuff, music that's available, anything new like that. Yes, gracemorrison.com has links to everything. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Real Grace Music. Same on Twitter and Grace Morrison Music on Facebook. So the main reason why you're here tonight, Grace, is because you have a Kickstarter and the plan, at least like a week and a half ago, was to have you come on because now we're kind of right in the middle of it. And so uh, what happened? It fully funded in five days. That's great. That is <laughs> When I saw your post, I'm like, oh, crap. No, I have to uh, restructure all my questions for tonight. But here's the thing. Um, I actually had been working on writing my next EP which is a love letter to my hometown of Wareham. And I've, I've written the whole thing. So if I'm able to get $4,000 more and get the whole thing to uh, 15K, I'm going to be able to record that EP. Cool. So how close are we to that right now? Um, I need to raise another 4000 I'm okay. at eleven. That should be. I mean, if you can raise <laughs> what you did in five days, <laughs> that should be no problem. The new album is called what? Maybe Modern. Cool. Coming out in April-ish, give or take? Yes, April 14th. April 14th. That's amazing. Any any big plans for that? I've got the album release show is actually going to be in Austin. And I'm doing a little run of shows in Austin because that's where we, we recorded it. And my producer is a beloved Austin songwriter. The rest of the year, I'm torn all over the place getting this thing out there. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> what are we listening to next? Let's do more music. We're doing some tracks tonight. All right. So we're going to go. This is kind of a holiday song, but not really. This is New Year's Eve in Nashville. This is the new one, too. Let's hear it. Grace Morrison, remotely on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. 12 o'clock, nobody's kissing me. The man I moved here with ain't missing me. It's the type of town where you're nobody till you're making that money. Living off rice in my cabinet. Trying to break into the establishment They're not having it It's like banging my head on the pavement But it's Just another new year. 
Grace Morrison joining us tonight remotely on the tiny stage. And that track is called what? New Year's Eve in Nashville. And I have to apologize because when you sent that to me, it somehow went to my junk folder and I never <laughs> got it. And then you messaged me and said, I thought you just didn't like it. That's why you didn't reply back. So, <laughs> I no, I do love it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so talk about that song. How did that song happen? Have you, have you spent New Year's Eve in Nashville? I haven't spent New Year's Eve in Nashville. I've been there shortly afterward. I wrote that with my friend Rich Karg. I, I go to Nashville to write once a month. And he had had the beginning of it. He had the verse and he had the first half of the chorus. And we just started writing, thinking from the perspective of, you know, if you've ever been a musician singing a three hour bar gig and nobody is paying attention to you and you're just there singing, watching everyone else live their best lives and pretend that you're not there. It's a little bit soul sucking. So that was the perspective we came from, you know, like so many of us who've been in those gigs in your head, you're just like, it's okay, I'm doing this one because someday I'm going to be on a bigger stage. And that's the whole concept behind the song. So talk about the Nashville community. What led to that journey? Hmm. Again, not a plan. It almost just felt like the universe guiding me there. During COVID, they did virtual open mics at the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville. And I was lucky enough to get a spot. It's like a lottery to even get a spot at the open mic. And my technology did not work. And I was like beside myself because that was going to be my big Nashville debut on the Internet. Couldn't have been easier. And so I just like wanted to vindicate myself afterwards. So I reached out to Barbara Cloyd, who is the open mic host. And she started listening to some of my music after we connected via email. And she really liked it. And she listened to it and gave me some lovely reviews. And then I realized that she ran a publisher's workshop in Nashville. So I was like, you know what? Heck, I'll go do that. So in that workshop, you submit a song and they've got three publishers and then it's a room full of writers and the publishers will critique your song in front of everybody. And you're basically learning what it takes to get a publishing deal and, and have success in Nashville. And it went really well for me. So I was like, you know, maybe this is an avenue I could explore. And so that was in my mind. And then I started performing at songwriter festivals. And at one of them in Tennessee, the Gatlinburg Songwriter Festival, I met Dana Hunt Black, who wrote Check Yes or No and Write This Down for George Strait. And she really liked what I did. And we started writing together. And then, you know, it kind of snowballed. I, I met more writers that she knew. And all of a sudden, I, I find myself going to Nashville writing with hit songwriters. It, it just kind of happened. That's fantastic. Once you started making those trips to Nashville... What is the biggest lesson you learned from that city that you didn't expect to learn? It's just such a people business. They call it or people say that it's like the biggest small town. <laughs> you know, everybody knows everybody. And the truth is that it's just a people business. I hate using the word networking because for me, it's more about relationships with people and being authentic. But if people like you and you have the, the skills to, to back it up, they're going to listen. And it's just it's like competitive, but it's kind. That's Grace Morrison joining us tonight on the Tiny Stage. Let's keep rolling with the music. What are we listening to next? We're going to listen to Things You Already Know. Ah, well, another one of my favorites. Grace Morrison remotely on the Tiny Stage tonight. We're doing tracks from her. 95.9 WATD. It's Almost Famous. Things you already know by now. I'm weak when you come round. Without saying a word, you come me. Secret looks, secret smiles and scars From battles we have won We're standing up, but we've come undone 
Grace Morrison tonight on the Tiny Stage, 95.9 WATD. We are playing tracks because I have no idea where she is. She's joining me on <laughs> Zoom tonight. That song we just heard, talk about that. I wrote that song. That's a love song for my husband. And it was written in this moment where I was thinking to myself, wow, I am so lucky. He is really great. When did I tell him that the last time? And I couldn't remember the last time I had told him. And I didn't think that was great. <laughs> so it's a song reminding myself that you got to tell people how you feel. And his reaction to that? I don't know. He's not a big reaction person. I think he likes Good. it. <laughs> he better. He's continued to support this career. So, that's, that's true. So that's, I think he likes that's it. a good sign. <laughs> we talked earlier that, you know, you and I have known each other for many, many years. Back going to the uh, the days when you were writing about uh, King Henry VIII and, <laughs> and stuff like that, you know, playing open mics and, and teaching. And you've since gotten into the art of co-writing. Talk about that. Was that a difficult transition for you? No. It wasn't. Again, an accident. A friend of mine is beloved in the local songwriter community. Her name's Betsy Siggins, and she kind of was like friends with Joan Baez and Bob Dylan when they first got started, and she helped to found Club Passim. And she, on her own, wrote to Lori McKenna and sent her my music and said, you should write with this girl. And then Lori McKenna responded to her and said, yes, I would love to. So I had never co-written before. I didn't understand what it was. I didn't understand what a big deal it was to be invited to Lori McKenna's house. And I'm really glad because it could have been really intimidating. But I just like, I was eight months pregnant. I just kind of waddled in. I was like, okay, let's write a song. (laughs) And she was so wonderful and easy to work with. You know, you've talked to her. It felt great. We got a great song out of it. And, you know, after writing with her, nobody's really that intimidating. Except maybe Dolly Parton. That would be intimidating. (laughs) That's next. (laughs) Your advice to an aspiring songwriter who is considering going into co-writing, maybe who's not quite ready to open up their thoughts to somebody else yet. What would you tell them? You have to get really comfortable being vulnerable with somebody else. And you can't be, you know, you have to be okay with throwing away your babies. So that's that's the hardest part of co-writing, I think, is when you have a line or a melody that you love and your co-writer isn't into it. And you got to be okay with putting it away. Great advice. As always, from Grace Morrison here on 95.9 WATD. Let's keep on moving with the music. What are we listening to next? Yes, sir. This is Fumbling In. Ah, great. Grace Morrison on the tiny stage tonight, 95.9 WATD. It's almost famous. Walking tight ropes and leaving cute notes Has never been my strength It's been a long time Each day I find my sea legs Guess I'll have a drink or two Look up, look down, what do I do? Fumbling in I guess we begin Should I tell you my name? This is the truth It's nice meeting you But I've got no game Is that a my only sin is fumbling in Being patient, does he like me? Thoughts of the morning, keeping my cool like I'm a guy 
have a drink or two Look up, look down, what do I do? Fumbling in, Grace Morrison joining us tonight remotely on the tiny stage. Talk about that song, Grace. How did that song happen? Fumbling in. Another accident, John. I was... <laughs> I sense a theme. Was, <laughs> in 2020, a woman I'm friends with started teaching outdoor fitness classes. And so I'm, I'm doing burpees or whatever she had us doing at the time. And she's talking about how she had been married for like 25 years and was divorced recently and was getting back into dating and how intimidating that was. And she said, she's like, I don't know what to do. I don't have any game. And in my mind just went, oh, there's a song. So that's where that, that's where it came from. Just the idea of like, you're kind of fumbling in, you don't know what you're doing. Do any of us know what we're doing? Yeah, it was a song for my friend. Fantastic. I want to go back to the new album that's coming out in April. Talk about that. Talk about some of the musicians that took part on that and yeah. uh, kind of the, the production process and how it all came to be. Yeah, I will. This might be long. Cut me off if I'm going too Absolutely, long. Absolutely. Go for it. Um, I was a contestant in the Songwriter Serenade songwriting competition, which is held in Austin. It was another COVID thing and they kept postponing it and they wound up putting it. It was September of 2021. And so I went, there's 15 of us. And the judges were Walt Wilkins, who is an Austin songwriting legend, and a couple other songwriters. And I came in seventh place in that. And then afterward, you get to sit with the judges and get feedback. And so I just like took every ounce of feedback they gave me on my songs and I wrote it down and I went home. I was like, okay, I'm going to write better songs now. And then I applied again with some more songs I wrote. And then in May of 2022, I was a finalist again. I think that I have my years right. The past few years have been a bit (laughs) wishy-washy, but it was like six or nine months in between the two competitions. 
and I came in second place, a half point behind the winner on that one. Wow. One of the judges that time was Susan Gibson, who wrote Wide Open Spaces for the Dixie Chicks. And I sat with her afterward. And I was at this point where I'm like, I don't know, maybe I should throw the towel in on this whole career. I don't know what I'm doing. And I sat down with her, prepared for feedback. And she's like, I don't have any feedback for you. I'm just a fan. (laughs) And I'm like, well, crap, if Susan Gibson is telling me that, maybe I should not be throwing my towel in. And that Walt Wilkins felt the same way about the songs. And so, you know, I, I got that validation from her and from Walt and I reached out to Walt and I was like, you know, I'd, I'd love to have you produce a couple of singles for me with some of this new music. And so I sent him all the stuff and he's listening through the songs and he couldn't narrow it down to two. And so anyway, we got to Austin to record. We were going to do four songs, we decided, because we couldn't narrow it down. And then my publicist was like, well, you know, if you did six, I could promote it. And then we did the six and we had extra time and we did nine. And that's how I wound up with an album. That's great. <laughs> Total accident, man. It's been the theme of the night. <laughs> that's going to be your autobiography. But, but I, you know, I, I think it's less about accidents. I truly, I haven't been super spiritual in a very, very long time. But this past year and a half has made me reconsider that. It just feels like things are lining up for me. For such a long time, it was like I'm banging on doors in this industry that were just never going to open for me. All of a sudden, they're opening and I'm not getting resistance. I'm just getting more validation to keep going forward. And it comes from people and at times that I'm like, give me goosebumps. So I'm like, maybe there is some higher power here that's showing me I'm doing the right thing. Absolutely. We are up against our final break of the night. We have time for one more song. Does that work for you? It works for me. All right. We'll do that in just a few. Right here at 95.9 WATD. It's Almost Famous. And now, back to Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. Welcome back to the Almost Famous Tiny Stage for the final time this evening. I'm John Shea. And yeah, time is running out, Grace. I'm sorry. I know. Me too. <laughs> See, my alarm is going off too. Just remind me of that. Um, <laughs> one final time. Give yourself an introduction and let us know your socials, the website, all of that good stuff. We're chatting with Grace Morrison here tonight. Yeah. Hey, y'all, don't fact check me, but I'm Grace Morrison, singer-songwriter from Cape Cod. You can find me at gracemorrison.com. I'm Real Grace Music on Instagram and Twitter and Grace Morrison Music on Facebook. I'm going to say more South Coast than Cape Cod. Yeah, but so here, let me tell you, the reason I say Cape Cod is that there's more name recognition for that throughout the United States than than South Coast. I agree. Although South Coast may be more factually correct. (laughs) You're still amazing. (laughs) And Cape Cod's amazing. And I think... I ain't in the fact business, John. Yes. You're in the music business and uh, you've got... The album, which is coming out hopefully in April. Yes, it's called Maybe Modern. I'm a little bit obsessed with the cover art. I'm not going to lie. I love it. (laughs) Um, But I really, really love the music, too. And I'm just so desperate for the world to hear it. Originally, we had you on tonight to talk about this big Kickstarter to help get to the goal to make that album. That happened in about five days. So uh, We did it. <laughs> that's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It still blows my mind. So uh, with that aside, what can people do to, uh, to continue to, uh, to help fund this record? Because it's already basically funded, but there's some other new perks in the works and also maybe even a follow-up EP that can be uh, recorded with that money as well. Yeah, so so maybe modern is good to go. I can promote it. I've I ordered the CDs yesterday because we met the funding goal. So now I'm I am like 
really thrilled at this idea. If we can get another $4,000, I'm going to be able to record um, my next EP that I've already written. It's called Saltwater Country, and it is a love letter to both Wareham, my hometown, and the south coast of Massachusetts and Cape Cod. Fantastic. Congrats on that, and, uh, and, and I'm just so excited for you. Thank you, John. Me too. We have time for one more song before we hit the top of the hour, Grace. What are we closing out with tonight? Alice. Alice. You know, when I listen to this song, the one thing that I've noticed that kind of stands out among your other tracks is the real focus on background vocals. It's funny that you mention that, though, because, you know, when you and I first met, I was in a band. And when I was writing for that band, I was writing for background vocals and I was writing instrumental lines. And when that band imploded, I can't think of a better word. All of a sudden, I'm like, okay, it's just me and a guitar. And all of my songs require other parts. So I just, I started trying to write songs that didn't require that. Alice, before we uh, listen to it, talk about how it happened. How did this song become what it is? Yeah. I picked this one because it's, it was not a single on Daughter, but I love it. It might be my favorite song on that record. I wrote this... Again, mid-pandemic, I was going through old photo albums and, you know, I was looking at like my high school prom pictures and whatnot and just thinking about friends from that time. And, you know, where are we now? Did we think we'd wind up where we are? And, you know, what if we had all made different choices? What else could have been? And so this is a song about going down the rabbit hole, much like Alice in Wonderland does. And there are some specific imagery. <laughs> my, my high school boyfriend who broke my heart. I kind of wrote this song for him. He's like, why did you do that to me? Like there's a line about dancing to Lady in Red because I wore a red dress to the prom and we danced to Lady in Red. Um, So there's a lot of like little specific things that friends, friends of mine from high school might grab onto. But I just it's it's so different from everything else on that record. And honestly, from all my other singles, I just I just really like this song. Well, let's hear it. Grace, thank you again. Once the album's out, let's make something else happen with the uh, the radio show and and get you back here maybe in person this time. Sign me up. (laughs) One last time, the website and the socials for people to uh, to contribute. Yes, sir. GraceMorrison.com has links to everything. I am Grace Morrison Music on Facebook and Real Grace Music on Twitter and Instagram. All right. Safe travels to Nashville. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, John. 95.9 WATD from Grace Morrison. It's Alice. Eyes. I wanna give it up, I wanna kiss you love.
be. Yeah.